0: We were all blessed to be with a set of circumstances that were literally a one off, never happened before or since. We were able to invest in our business and invest in our people, especially in a way that you just absolutely couldn't do it now.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Noble Marketing Idea Cast. I'm Becky Holland. In this new season of the Noble Idea Cast, I wanted to try something new. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I mean a lot. And now spring has turned into summer, and I wanted to try to make sure that our podcast would be at least a little bit more interesting and entertaining. Where the last season was very rehearsed, we'd planned out the questions in advance, we tried to run it like clockwork. This time, we're going to keep it a little more relaxed. We're going to have a bit more chat. We're going to fly. Just a little bit by the seat of our pants. And the topic is around marketing of the future. Sustainable marketing, venture marketing. It's about test, fail, learn. It's about what agencies need to be creative. It's about what works and doesn't work. And I've got some really cool guests. I've got Mike Cornwell, I've got Madeleine Evans, I've got Alice Dare Moore, I've got the amazing Nathan Ansell. So Episode one of this season is all about the agency model. Specifically, what was so great about TBWA GGT? What was the perfect storm? Why was it such a great agency? And why do GGT people always look back and say, that was the perfect agency experience? That was the one. I'm sure a lot of you listening will know this voice.
0: Good morning, I'm Mike Cornwell.
1: Introduce yourself to the world, tell us who you are.
0: I'm the former Chief Executive Officer of TBWA GDT of MRM London, of Fall of the Wall. I was Managing Director of Ogilvy and made the Direct when it was still over, Ogilvy and May the Direct. And I've had a fantastic career and been blessed all along the way by the quality of people I've worked with and the amount of fun I've had in the name of work, such that it's never really been work. It's always been what I do.
1: So all of the episodes that we've got coming up are all really about what does marketing look like going forward? We know COVID, we know hybrid working, we know all the rest of it, but actually marketing's been changing, the way agencies work has been changing for quite a long time and it's funny you think about I guess you know back to the kind of GGT days and it was great it was you know perfect for its time but I don't know whether that's I don't know whether that would ever happen again I don't know whether an agency like that would exist anymore and I just I guess I wanted to just chat about that and about your agency experiences GGT plus ladder bit of what we're doing at BHMP see what you think
0: the thing is that and I've said this to lots of people, and if I haven't said it to you, I should have done, that we were all blessed to be in a certain place at a certain time with a set of circumstances that were literally a one-off, unparalleled, never happened before or since. And we worked for Omnicom, which was far better than WPP (laughs) in the end. But but the consequences of, of all that was that, because we were doing okay, um they just left us to it by them I mean the powers that be
1: well they want you to make money they want you to do good work that makes them money and if you're doing that and and there's no rocking the boat why mess with it
0: it was literally that if you're if you're making the money that they demand from you and you win the old piece of new business and get some good publicity it enables them to go up the line to their boss and tell them everything's all right but It was more the circumstantial stuff. When I joined GGT, it was GGT PLC and it was an advertising agency called GGT, Gold Greenies Trot, and GGT Direct. And then a few other agencies scattered around Europe and America, uh, notable one of which was BDDP, which was John Marie Drew's agency, And they had a big agency in New York. What happened was uh, GGT PLC was doing okay. But anyway, GGT got into trouble because the agency they had in New York lost their biggest client. Okay. But because their biggest client was huge, it had a massive negative impact on GGT's share price in the UK. Okay. What happened then was... TBWA was already looking for a way to grow its UK presence. It had a tiny little ad agency in London, and because GTC's share price went really low, Mike really didn't have Mike Greenies didn't have an option to withstand being offered to be bought by TBWA because he had to do the right thing for his shareholders. So we got bought by TBWA. And in that process, and this is, this is the really incredible circumstantial thing, they threw three agencies together in London, right? There was TBWA, tiny little TBWA. They'd already done a pre-deal before the GDT thing came along to buy Bainsfair Sharky Trot. So Trotty was now being bought twice, even though he was at Bainsfair Sharky Trot, he was no longer at GDT Trot. And, and, of course, GGT. So they, they merged three ad agencies, mm-hmm. right? And they were three really strong, sort of independent, create, highly creative agencies mm-hmm. under the TBWA banner. It could have gone horribly wrong. Well, they kept all the right people, you know. They, yeah. They, they managed it really well. And Paul Simons of Simons Palmer, Clemo Johnson, which was one of the three agencies that came in, he was given an office on the top floor, the whole of the top floor of our building in um, Dean Street to see out his contractual one year. And it was literally him and his PA on this giant floor. <laughs> so <laughs> and presumably the biggest budget ever for whining and dining, but anyway. So these three incredible creative agencies came together And we were actually, I was actually given the choice and we as a board had to make a decision about whether we became part of TBWA and Omnicom really wanted us or whether we went into Omnicom and became one of their, you know, other agency service companies like RAP and all the rest. Hmm. But of course it was a complete no-brainer because the excitement, the glamour, you know, because in America the TBWA brand was the most creative agency brand going. So, of course, it was an absolute no-brainer to say, no, I want to be in it. And Mike Greenley was thrilled because he obviously knew that he was going to get the big job leading TBWA globally and was heading off to New York. Obviously, he couldn't tell me that. But what was more exciting was Jean-Marie Drew, having that, with them having now been bought, Jean-Marie Drew came to London and lived in our offices for six months and he used to hang out with me and people on our team, Richard Madden and Nick Moore and all those people. He used to hang out with us because he absolutely loved what we did. Bringing together, you know, brand promises, uh, you know, on the big screen and all the awareness media and taking those brands and doing what we did below the line, inverse commerce. And Jean-Marie hung out with us. I mean, it was extraordinary.
1: Because we could make stuff that actually got, Results. Correct. Take all those big cool ideas and, and actually do something real with it.
0: So there we were, right? And and of course, Mike Greenleys and, and John Maria obviously already trusted us a lot. We were just left to get on with what we we're doing, but we added the TBWA branding to our already strong creative brand. I mean, it was phenomenal. You know, and this is this is what I'm saying about the circumstances. Those are completely unprecedented circumstances. And and we were just, because we were, you know, hitting the money target every year, they just let us get on with it. We were hitting the main number, which is, you know, the profit for tax and interest. And as long as we hit that, they sort of ignored all the other stuff. So we were able to invest in our business and invest in our people, especially in a way that you just absolutely couldn't do it now.
1: that made the brand or the brand that attracted the people or a bit of both?
0: Yeah, there was a bit of both. I mean, the brand attracted Nick Moore to it, for sure. Once we were TBWA, because he loved that idea. I mean, he was coming from AMV. Um, But he he really wanted to be, to represent, personally represent the TBWA brand. But no, it was the people. We managed to gather an incredible group of people uh, who in turn managed to gather an incredible group of people Um, underneath and around them. And it was largely, I think, because we quite quickly got a good reputation as as an agency that gave a shit about its people.
1: So why don't you think, I mean, obviously we've got the whole COVID thing thing going on, but I mean, why can't it happen today? Why couldn't you have that perfect storm again?
0: I think the fun has been sucked out of agencies because everything's about money.
1: Mm.
0: And of course, the managements of all these companies have shareholders to answer to, so you sort of understand it. But there is no leeway anymore about how much money you can spend on creating the kind of culture and the kind of environment that makes people want to come and work for you. I mean, we just, we established a really strong reputation as, as an agency that really cared about its people. and It was really great fun. Oh, no. That set of circumstances Unparalleled circumstances enabled us to do things we could never do. Arguably we could never have done it even five years later. It's a moment in time. It was a moment in time.
1: So look, you're obviously doing something new now. The whole ladder thing has gone around and come back in. So is ladder your it's not quite the same as doing the GTC, but that is is that your answer to if the agency model is not quite what it was, you can't do that funding anymore. Let's do something.
0: Different. It's quite significantly different in terms of what they need me, want and need me to do and where the agency is. You know, at GDT, we we all we almost had all the constituent parts to be what we thought we wanted to be. And Ladder is a different stage, it's only, you know, six years old. But the core premise of what Ladder was still remains. The difference is that 18 months ago they decided they'd start doing the creative work because. Hitherto they've been a digital media agency working across all the channels and uh, and whatnot, and they increasingly found it irksome that they were constantly waiting on creative work to be able to launch campaigns and they were late and they were the ones that were waiting up late at night and and additionally. John Brody, the founder, had always talked about data-driven creativity. And of course, there was a disjoint between the media that they were doing and the creative because best will in the world, you can't liaise with a creative agency who's doing the work or an in-house creative department because there isn't time, you know, and there isn't the wherewithal to, you know, keep each other up to speed. So he decided that Ladder would start doing the creative work. So that was about 18 months ago. And of course, they had to do it by a degree because the existing clients already had arrangements so it meant that as new clients came on board the, the service promise was to include the creativity and that they blend the creativity and the media and data driven blah 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 so the agency is now all the clients now buy the creative as well as the media and the agency's been through a big growth curve um, again in previous growth curves they receded back again because in my view that we, we didn't really have the kind of foundations you need in place to go through a massive growth curve without it being painful. Growth pains called that for a reason. And so what they are really asking me to do is help them through the next growth curve, because we're planning to double again next year, is to help them manage that growth curve by making sure all the key foundations are in place so that that's my job. And again, you know, if, if you're able to help people get to where they want to go, it's rewarding.
1: That's what it has to be all about. I mean, it, it, very similar to what we're doing. We're doing quite a lot of stuff in terms of sales enablement stuff within the agency because we've recognised that it's one thing making the marketing work. But if that doesn't then track through to sales, doesn't track through to the bottom line, then what's the point? I would say a large part of our agency remuneration is based on results these days on the basis that we're quite happy to put our money where our mouth is we're quite happy to take on the risk because we know there isn't a risk because we're doing that listening we're doing that adaptive stuff we're putting in the the graft it's hard people don't realize how difficult it is but if you do it right you win every time
0: yeah well and you know good for you because that's bold that's really bold I don't know if Ladders ever approached clients about taking a position, you know, in, in lieu of some of the fee. But in the end, you know, you, at the end of every month, you've got a big salary bill to pay.
1: Yeah. There's always <laughs> um, a balance. Don't get me wrong. It's, yeah. just, it's the same as, and, I, and I, it was probably you that told me this once. I can't remember, but it was like every agency needs the car client, the bank client, the charity client. So you can kind of save things. but then you can take on all the other fun, interesting, creative stuff. That you like, and I think there's an element of that as well. You know, you need some people that just trust you, that are just going to pay the bills, that yeah. covers all your yeah. overheads. So as long as I've got other clients that are paying the bills, actually, it helps us to grow, and that's all. That's no, no, it's it brilliant,
0: and and that's why being an entrepreneur and an independent agency, you're able to do that. Any of your colleagues working in one of the corporate <laughs> agencies, it just wouldn't, couldn't even consider that as a modus operandi.
1: No that's always the big frustration when you're working for big agencies and you know i the distinct client side as well and it's the same sort of principle you're working to somebody else's agenda that was never really my bag
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know again you you recognize why all the financial controls are in place but if you can still create the sort of environment that you want for your people where they still love coming into work and and you can manage that then then that's the way to be i think Remember the um the Omnicom mantra about recruitment? Do you remember that? No problem. Hire for attitude, train for skill.
1: Well that's right.
0: So simple. But you know, if you if you constantly hire the ones with the great attitude, ambitious, resilient, enthusiastic, passionate, you know, they they can learn anything because they're clever.
1: I've heard some brilliant people that have gone on to do brilliant things, you know, far eclipsed me and that's that's the greatest compliment when you hire somebody and they go, and you go yeah that's good you know there's so
0: <laughs> there have been so many people that have gone on to be you know leaders of big businesses you know much bigger jobs than i have had mm. and that's again that's you hope that you you were definitely a part of the making of them as people and you sort of know whether it's james clifton or annette or any of the others you sort of know that they're going to be doing the right things all the time mm because you know they were they were well-schooled and they're decent people and they get it
1: and i think you yeah, good people doing good work is a it's not as common as you oh, you would like it to be
0: yeah making making and or keeping an agency creatively focused is enormously difficult now but if you're minded to do it i think you can
1: yeah of course it's possible yeah
0: it definitely is the challenge is the investment of time because it seems to me that marketers want everything tomorrow. And uh, that makes it enormously difficult.
1: Well, the thing that the thing that actually it's our it's our golden ticket, which I probably shouldn't say it on the podcast because then everybody will know. But it's <laughs> no, problem, that's why that? they're tuning in. Yeah, Exactly. But the, the thing is, is that people forget when they're doing stuff at speed, they forget the importance of the creative thinking that sits behind it. It's all about I need this done tomorrow you know and everybody thinks they're a writer and everybody thinks they can come up with a creative idea and this doesn't need to go through the creative director because it's just an email a survey an ad an app a, a podcast episode whatever it is and then you look at particularly with tech brands and you look you go oh, there's no creative idea there's no soul there's no reason for somebody to buy that's just a shed load of tactics what we do and i'm guessing what you do is you just go hang on Give people a reason to actually do this. Is why I like listening to people like you know Dave Trotton, Richard Chappelle, and all these sorts of people. Trevor Beatty on Twitter because they actually sing to that tune because they get it.
0: So it doesn't matter how much money you're spending in media if you're if what you're putting out there isn't being noticed by anyone. You you can test all your all you like. You've got to have something that stands out. Trying to get anything to stand out in the plethora of stuff that's out there now is enormously hard to get stuff that is really going to break through, make a difference, be noticed, get people to do things. I mean, it, it's really hard.
1: Well, it's one thing to test and learn and get your channel strategy absolutely right and you find your niche and you've got a clever idea that will work, but if you put rubbish in it, they're still not going to respond.
0: Same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Any parting words, anything else you want to
0: say? No, just keep on keeping on. Just keep on believing and, um, and having fun and working with great, interesting people. That's the joy of this business. When clients are casting around for an agency, yeah, the brand, agency brand and its reputation matter, but actually they buy the team of people every time. There's no, there's no question about it. You can ask all the consultants and they'll tell you the same thing every time. They'll go with the group of people they think they can trust the most and believe in the most and believe that they will do the best job for their brand. They're they're buying the team of people. It's always the people.
1: I do think, actually, there's some truth in when you're, when a client's looking for a new agency, the, the question to ask, which nobody asks, is how long have your clients been with you? You know, tell us who, who your longer standing clients are and who your short, short-term short clients are. And if they haven't got any short-term clients, they're probably an agency you want to work with.
0: There you go. See, it's experience there.
1: Yeah, but it's true though, isn't it? You know, if you get through, you know, you do six months or a year and then they're gone, they've gone somewhere new, it means they're judging you based purely on the output and there's actually it's not actually about the relationship it does not actually be about building for the long term if you find somebody that trusts you and you've got that relationship and you know you just keep on keeping on like you say and keep doing that test fail learn over five six seven eight years then you're untouchable
0: yeah no that's exactly right every relationship has to be able to withstand some wobbles because (laughs) there's no such thing as plain sailing right ever Um, because mistakes happen and difficulties arise and a dip in performance happens, all those things. But if the relationship's really strong, you do get through them.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Let's keep on keeping on.
1: Let's do it. So that just about wraps it up for another episode of the Noble Marketing Idea Cast. Thank you so much for listening. wraps it up for this episode of the Noble Idea Cast. In our next episode, I'll be talking with the inimitable Alastair Moore about how to make data quality sexy. If you can The Noble Marketing Idea Cast is brought to you by we where creative venture marketeers helping clients with purpose transform their results, and not their Instaglow. Find out more. Visit our website at bhandp.com, that's b h a n d p.com, or follow us on LinkedIn. Thank you to our producer, the highly talented Chris Atteray. Till next time, I'm Becky Holland. Thanks for listening.